Hey, St. John, this is Pastor Adam, and you are listening to the Post-Sermon Podcast, and with me today is Vicar Tim. Hello. How are you doing, Vicar? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, Vicar, we're going to talk about your sermon from this previous Sunday, and your sermon dealt with the text of Matthew chapter 20, the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. Can you tell us a little bit more about that text? So in this reading, uh, Jesus tells a parable, and it almost feels a little unfair on that uh, there's these laborers who are paid, they're all paid the same amount, but they didn't work all day. And the ones who worked all day are upset, but the master is is basically saying, I'm allowed to do what I will with what I have. Do you begrudge my generosity? And so this text really starts to speak to God and to his grace. Now you talk about this idea of unfairness. Um, is that the problem you were trying to deal with in the sermon? Not in this sermon necessarily. Um, really more the problem that, that arose in my sermon was uh, when we begrudge God for giving his generous grace. And so that can arise in a number of ways, uh, both us looking at others, wondering, why is God giving that person grace? Uh, That person sins a lot. Uh, Why is that person person being saved? Why is God showing grace to them? They didn't deserve it. And then we can begrudge grace ourselves in that, uh, you know, we find ourselves trusting in the things that we've done, you know, um, oh, God gave me grace that one time, but uh, now I do good things. I don't really need his grace anymore, even though we're all in constant and complete need for God to show us his grace. Okay, so instead of focusing like the unfairness, uh, which I think locates the problem more like a problem with God or like how does God hand out his grace and kind of distances us from the idea of unfairness. You're looking at how we begrudge the generosity of God. And so instead of this abstract problem away from us, you're actually going right to our hearts of, I don't like when God shows his grace to other people, or I don't think I need as much of God's grace as he actually does give me, uh, because I don't have these things about ourselves. And so I, I like that move because it moves it away from kind of abstract and a problem we have with God versus the problem within ourselves is this begrudging sort of resentment about the generosity of God. Now, what was the central teaching in your sermon? So the central teaching is that uh, that God generously gives his grace. And, you know, he freely gives it. He gives it to us. He gives it to others. Um, and he's constantly and freely giving it. It's not going to depend on the works that we're doing. It's, it depends on, on Jesus dying for us, rising for us. And so yeah, God just generously and constantly gives grace. Now, uh, the reading is Matthew 20, but you spent a bit of time in the sermon talking about uh, things that happened in chapter 19 that informed uh, the reading in 20 and also your sermon. Uh, Why did you go back to 19? What's going on in there? So in chapter 19, um, we see how Jesus comes to speak this parable. Um, A rich young man comes up to Jesus and asks what he has to do to merit eternal life. 
Um, Jesus responds with the commandments, and the rich young man in his pride claims to have kept them all. Um, And so Jesus prompts him with, well, here's one more thing that you could do. Sell all your possessions. And the rich young man goes away sorrowful. Um, He's trusting in himself, trusting in the things that he can do, and he's despising God's grace because he's looking to his own works um, and not looking to Jesus. And then, of course, here comes the disciples trying to show their own piety by pointing out that they've sold all their possessions um, to follow Jesus. And, well, they're making a they're making a similar mistake. They think that, oh, because they did this thing, that that's going to give them rewards in heaven and that they're going to get be rewarded by Jesus. So they're also, in a sense, despising God's grace. Yeah, it's interesting how you go to the disciples and it seems like the rich man is exposing a bit of the issues of the heart even within Jesus' disciples. But Jesus does share at the end of 19, here are the sorts of rewards that are coming. Right, they're going to sit on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Um, there's going to be a great deal of reward for them, um, and yet you immediately head into the parable, chapter twenty. And so, how do you kind of connect those ideas together? And and again, why why bring all this up in in your sermon? Yeah, um, I think the parable is a response in that you know God's grace is for everyone. And God is going to freely reward those who enter his kingdom. Um, Those who enter at the first hour, those who enter at the 11th hour, everywhere in between, everyone's getting the same reward of, you know, being with God, um, being in the new creation with him, being, being saved from death and, and the, the power of hell. And I think this speaks to God's generosity in giving his grace that, I mean, the disciples are going to be rewarded, but it's going to be because of God's generosity and his grace. Okay. Let's move over and talk a little bit about a challenge in writing this sermon. And this goes back to, uh, you shared with me that this was not the first time you wrote a sermon on this text. And, and that was interesting because often with our vicars, like it's the first time they're doing a significant amount of preaching. And so it's the first time they're thinking about these readings and how would I give a sermon about them? But uh, you had written a sermon previously uh, for Matthew 20. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah. So uh, for one of my seminary classes last year um, on a preaching class, uh, this was uh, one of the assigned texts for us to write a sermon on for class, um, and so I wrote I wrote a sermon on the topic. And did they all get the same grade? All of your classmates on their sermons, like your story from undergrad, or I don't know. <laughs> we it was a class where we had to present the sermons before um, the rest of the class and have our classmates critique them. <laughs> that is that is always an uncomfortable experience. Is uh, yeah, preaching to your classmates. Yes, yeah. especially because yep. it was the last day of the semester. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. All right, so you, you did write a sermon for uh, one of your homiletics courses, and did you have a 
like an ideal congregation in mind. I remember having to do that, like, hey, we're going to make up a profile of a congregation. This is who you're preaching to. Or was the sermon written to your classmates? Or what was what was that? Yeah, it was uh, written um, in some sense for um, a congregation that was based off a church in St. Louis that was assigned to us. Um, so there was a congregational context, but it was a rather different context. It was That church was um, intended to be more of an, an urban a church, uh, with significant amount of um, economic and racial diversity. Yeah, and this is something that's that is tough to do in these preaching classes. Is how can you write a sermon to a people that you don't know? Um, this is the challenge. If you ever have like a guest preacher here, like you know, I'll kind of film and say, "Hey, here's what's going on at St. John," or you know, some of our, our situation and context. But it's it's tough to preach to an unknown gathering of people. Um, this is one of the things about vicarage that's so exciting is to watch our vicars grow over the year and grow with the congregation and as they learn more of the congregation, how to preach to them. And so to me, vicar, I was kind of intrigued by the idea of, okay, you're going to write a new sermon uh, for uh, this text. You know, you just didn't simply copy and paste your old one because it wouldn't work because you're preaching to a different people now. Um, and in this case, a real people. <laughs> As you were going about writing the the sermon, uh, what was some of the challenge, and what were you trying to think through of of bringing this sermon to the hearers here at St. John in Dublin? Yeah, I, mean, I was trying to keep in mind the you know, there's members here who have come in at the first hour. There are members here who have come in in a, in much later hours, and trying to keep in mind, all right, how do we speak about God's grace to people who have come in at different hours and and also just how would you know people in the congregation very real people how would they think about God's grace for themselves and for others and considering that and coming up with I guess images and stories that would speak to that that was one of the definitely one of the things that I was considering as I was writing this yeah it's it's definitely a that's why I was asking if your preaching class, were you preaching to your fellow seminarians or to a, an ideal made-up congregation? Because quite literally, in the pews every Sunday, we have folks that have come into the faith that from when they were baptized as infants to they converted to Christianity later in life, or they have run the race longer than others. And yet here we are as the brothers and sisters in Christ to hear God's word and his grace for us. And it really puts flesh um, and bone on the parable as you look out to your hearers. Maybe one last thing to talk about would be the time of the church year. Uh, we've entered into the season of pre-Lent, and uh, why why this reading? What's, what, what are we doing here? How does this reading affect our reflection during this part of the church year? Yeah, so uh, pre-Lent, um, it's only found in the one-year lectionary. It's, kind of, it's counting us down even to Easter, um, you know, this past Sunday was Septuagesima. Uh, I think I pronounced that correctly. Just sound confident, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which means that we're we're roughly about seventy days away from Easter, and so pre-Lent is both preparing us for Lent, getting us to start thinking about the penitential season, and it's also 
preparing us to count down to Easter, uh, to Christ's uh, resurrection from the dead. And this reading, um, I think it almost comes in to start getting us thinking that, you know, Christ's resurrection is coming up in the church here. And it's for everybody. Um, it's for the first and it's for the last. And you spoke to the resurrection at the end of your sermon that when Jesus rose, what was it? It's um, it, He doesn't just keep this for himself. He's actually going to give resurrected life to all of us. Yeah. All of us who are very undeserving of being brought back from the dead. And yet, you know, this really is, this is for you. Yeah. You know, no matter which hour you came in, it's for you. Yeah. And so the season of pre-Lent, as much as he has the word Lent in it, it's really looking ahead to Easter and getting us ready for that joyous celebration when we, when we see once more, here's the generosity of our God. Thanks, Vicar, for sitting down today for the podcast. For those of you who like to submit questions about sermons here, please email them, podcast at stjohndublin.org. You can find uh, the sermons. Uh, they're preached on Sundays and soon Wednesdays in Lent on the church website, stjohndublin.org. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Vicar, for joining me. And uh, thank you for feeding us the word this week. My pleasure. All right, we'll see you. Bye. Bye.